0: to the Mastering College podcast, a guide to landing your dream job. I'm your host, Daniel Motero and my goal is to help you take away that fear of graduating without a job, and instead teach you how to land your dream job. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the podcast. I have a really special guest for you today. I have a good friend of mine, Jesse Crumley. And I've known Jesse for about two years when he first joined Delta Sigma Pi. And I'm very excited to have him on the show to share his story and his point of view. And more than anything, to get his mindset so we can hear it. Because the way that he thinks, the way that he visions his life, is something that everybody should strive for, and so I'm very excited to have Jesse on the show. Jesse, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: I'm good, Daniel, and uh, thank you for having me, man. I'm really excited for what you do for DSP, for UCF, the student community, so any
0: way that I can contribute to that, I'm, I'm more than happy to do so. Well, this is a, a really great way uh, to contribute. Having students hear more successful students' stories and how they were able to land their dream job it really shows them that they can do it too. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want students to realize that with a little bit of planning, with having a little bit of a strategy and setting goals, they can achieve their dream job and graduate and have a fulfilling life. That's what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, man, it can definitely be done. I've done it. I know a lot of other people that's done it. So I'm more than happy to talk about it.
0: So let's talk about it. But before we dive into your successful college career, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man. So I'll just give you a quick overview. Um, I'm not originally from
1: Florida. I was actually born in a very small town in Toccoa, Georgia. Born and raised there. Did a lot of sports in high school at 18. Uh, Decided to join the Marine Corps for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So I spent about five years in the Marine Corps. Very proud of what I did in the Marine Corps. More than happy to talk about anything you want to talk about there. After the Marine Corps, I decided to... uh, You know, I wanted to go somewhere that wasn't too far from home, but... Not far enough yeah. <clears throat> to where if things went south, I couldn't just hop back, you know, and, and drive back home. Uh, so <laughs> I chose Florida. I really liked how Orlando looked. I actually started off at Valencia College, and then I did my associate's degree there, which I think yeah, you did the same. I did, I did. And then uh, from there, went over to UCF, uh, and, and here I am, man, about to graduate. I graduate this semester uh, as a finance major.
0: Perfect. Well, so let, let's dive into a little bit from the beginning. Um, <laughs> So you graduated high school, and so you decided to go to the Marine right after high school.
1: Yeah, so I actually signed the paperwork when I was seventeen. Uh, I had to convince my parents to sign off for me as well. I was gonna
0: say, is that legal?
1: Yes, yeah, as, as long as your parents will sign off for okay. it as well. Yeah, and I, I actually I almost tricked them in a sense to sign off the paper, but <laughs> it, at the end of the day, I was uh, yeah. I signed the paperwork at seventeen, and then it was like two months after high school. Uh, two or three months after high school, I was off to Marine Corps boot camp.
0: So tell me, uh, why you decided to go to the military right after high school instead of going to college. I don't know about
1: you, man, but like when I was in high school, all of my high school teachers made it sound like college was going to be the worst thing that could ever happen to a person. Like they were talking like page reports, you know, like (laughs) 50 page reports every week. And I thought that I was going to have to read a book like every day. And yeah. so you know at the time when I was going through school, I, I wasn't really that motivated. I was young and mature, and so I was like, "I don't want to go do that." and so I looked at the other option, and I was like, "Well, the other option is I can go get a job that I probably am not going to enjoy. There's not a lot of opportunity in my small town. So I was like, "You know, I've always had an interest in the, in in the military. I've just never really you know had the guts to just like um." jump into it and so i was just like man let's go have an adventure let's do it
0: so you th- when you're jesse in high school thought that going to harsh environments training for 24 hours or more straight which i'd love to dive into a little bit of the training that you went through <laughs> was better than reading a book
1: Yeah, in in my opinion, (laughs) because I was wanting to see what I was made out of. And, you know, like I had always grown up watching like war movies and like watching like videos on YouTube about Marine Corps boot camp. And there was always some sort of curiosity. Like, is that something that I could do? And so it was that and just like this sense of adventure, seeing what I was made out of and just going doing something that not a lot of people can say they do.
0: Man, I always had the same curiosity, but I decided to do Tough mutter instead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's crazy. I I definitely um, publicly want to thank you for your service um, and for everybody else that that makes that sacrifices and we're able to live the life that we live here in America because of it. Um, but Jesse, let's dive into a little bit about your you know, your four to five years in the, in the Marines.
1: Yeah, so um, I was very, very fortunate enough that I got a contract that not a lot of people get going straight into the military, and mm-hmm. that was I got to do a reconnaissance contract, and um, that's in the special operations community. So the training to get there was very long, very rigorous. Uh, I did boot camp, and then immediately afterwards, I did basic infantry school, and then I did rifleman school. And then from there, I went to Recon Indoctrination Platoon. And then from there, I went to Basic Reconnaissance Course, then immediately into Army Airborne School. And then finally, at that point, I got to actually go to my duty station and start doing my job. So very, very long. I think it was probably the course of about
0: a year of training. And so you had a year of training, and then uh, where did you go? Where did it, What places did... Um... In the world, did you get to explore, visit, or even
1: Yeah, so I've station? been to a lot of different places, mainly in Asia. My permanent duty station was in Okinawa, Japan. Um, but I've been to Thailand, the Philippines. I've been to uh, Taiwan, Alaska. Uh, even did a, a stint in uh, uh, Afghanistan for a little bit. And just some other little places here and there. But those yeah. are like the big ones that come to
0: mind. Wow. Well, so then... Why did you, did you decide to leave the um the military and go in go get a college degree? Yeah, so
1: um, you know at the time I, I had really everything that I had joined the military to do, see what I was made out of, go on an adventure, do some things not a lot of people say. I, all those reasons why I joined. I I got to do that and some. Yeah. So I was just kind of I was looking at my career you know, the, the whole conflict and everything was dying down. And when there's no conflict in the Marine Corps, especially with my job, you're just kind of training and waiting. And the training's cool, but I didn't want to be in like that limbo. So I was like, you know, I've done everything that I've looked to accomplish here in the military. You know, let's go see what the civilian world
0: is like. Let's, so, let's go see if I can be successful in that as well. Right. And, and you correct me because I'm not an expert in this. Because you spent uh, time in the military, you got the GI Bill, so you're able to go to college. Uh, they pay for you, your college. Exactly, yeah. And so, why did you decide to come to Orlando? I think you, you mentioned it a little bit because you wanted to get a little bit far away from home. But why did you pick your major? Tell me a little bit about the beginning of your college career, and why did you decide to do what you did?
1: Yeah, so like I said, I started off at Valencia, and honestly, I was still a little nervous about what college was going to entail. I didn't know a whole lot about it. I'm still just going off what my high school teachers told me, you know, so I was like, I'm going to start off at maybe, you know, a smaller college just to kind of get my feet wet, warm up to like the big leagues. Right. And I saw UCF as the big leagues. And so that's why I started off at Valencia. Um, You know, really, I I enjoyed my teachers there, had some of the best education that I can, I can say I've had in my college there. Uh, But I wasn't really experiencing like the college life wasn't really able to get involved too much. And so um, from there, Whenever I switched over to UCF, one of my biggest goals was to get more involved and to do something other than just go to the classroom and then go home. And so I can, I'm happy to say that I did that. As far as choosing my major goes at the time, I'm, I'm a finance major, not about to go do a non finance job. <laughs> but I did finance for a couple of reasons. I was good at it. Number one, when I took the introductory finance course, uh, it just made sense to me. It clicked. And then secondly, you know, I've been told that in business, other than maybe accounting, it doesn't necessarily matter what you major in, it's your experiences and it it's how you align yourself and how you brand yourself. And so I saw finance as, you know, if I, if I end up not liking finance, it doesn't rule out a management or a sales job or a marketing job. So that was kind of like my mindset behind choosing the major.
0: No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And so, were you, uh, so when you got to UCF, how did you start building your brand? You know, tell me about your transition from Jesse the person who was in in, in the Marines to Jesse the professional. I am now going to go and try to have a, you know, graduate with a college degree and go into the world, the real world.
1: Yes. So, one of the things I did right before I got out of the Marine Corps, is one of the most proud moments of my life, and that was I got to be a team leader. So, I led five Marines. And it was very very hard work, but very gratifying, very fulfilling work. And so for me, that kind of gave me that taste of leadership. So for me, coming into Valencia and UCF, i had always longed to go back and be that leadership figure, for maybe somebody else and positively impact others. Mm-hmm. So that was really my idea. I guess you can say that that was my brand, is I wanted to be I wanted to be that leader. Um, in any situation that I was in. So when I joined DSP, my goal was to come in and, you know, maybe I can positively impact the others that I'm pledging with, or once I'm in the fraternity, I can impact their lives. So for me, it's always just been about trying to have, be some sort of leader in some, some sort of way. Mm -hmm. And I think over time, that's kind of hopefully built my brand and others uh, perception of me.
0: I would, I would, I would say from the outside looking in, I do think that Uh, your peers do respect you a lot, specifically your leadership skills. And you're someone that people can rely on and you lead by example. You know, I I don't think I've ever seen you say or tell someone to do something that you wouldn't do yourself.
1: Yeah, and that's directly from the Marine Corps. I mean, they say that, you know, if you go read any leadership book, read any leadership quote, lead by example is like rule number one. And I mean, it really is in the Marine Corps. They instill that in you and so it's just carried with me over so um, you know I appreciate the Marine Corps for that and uh, I
0: appreciate you saying that about me no, I, really I mean do. I only see it I only say because it it's what I saw right <laughs> um, so I would love to talk a little bit about you landing your dream job and the journey from the moment that you started identifying where you want to go what industry whether it is finance sales accounting management um, and how you start narrowing that down to identifying a target list of companies and where you ended. Yeah. So that's where we want to go now. So I can go all the way back
1: to PSP because that's really kind of where it started.
0: So tell. Uh, let's go back. Of why you, What is PSP, the Professional Selling Program? When did you decide to apply for it? Yeah. Right. And then let's start building it up to eventually getting and talking about your dream job.
1: Yeah. So I've always had tough difficult things to get into has always attracted me like the reason why i wanted to go do reconnaissance in the marine corps was because i knew not everybody could do it the re- one of the biggest reasons why i joined dsp was because i knew that not everybody made it through the pledging process and that attracts me i always ask myself you know why not me i can do that same thing with psp you know you hear eight thousand students in the college of business they accept no more than 30 and i'm like Man, I want to go for that. And then you hear how hard it is to do the program. And for some reason, I've always just been naturally attracted to that. And so that's what initially attracted me to PSP. But what, what sealed the deal, if you will, was whenever I learned the different levels of sales. Yeah. I had always thought sales was going to be yeah. what, you, maybe what many people think it is, where you're going to be like selling a car or something. I didn't realize there was these levels of sales where you could actually go and be a partner with big businesses and consult that yeah. business. And so that's what for me was like, I got to do this.
0: Jesse, um, before we dive into, I really would love to touch on that mindset, right? Like in the beginning of the podcast, one of the things that I even in the introduction that I want to make sure I get out of you and the audience can listen is that mindset, right? Mm. That if they could do it, why can I not do it? Right. Yeah. And you talked about it in the Marine Corps, how that attracted you to that, how, joining Delta Sigma Pi and the pledging process, how not everybody makes it through that attracted to you. Tell me about that because that is a mindset thing that you have, right? Yeah. And because a lot of people don't even take the shots because they're afraid that they're going to miss it. Right, right. So you're the opposite is you're going to, I'm going to take the shot. I'm going to figure out why these people who make it in, make it in. And I can do it too. If they did it, I can do it. So let's talk about that mindset for a second.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, for me, I'm very lucky because for some reason, naturally, like it's I've always wanted to do that and and be attracted to those things. And I'll also I'll preface by this as well as I've taken shots and I've not hit the mark. Yeah. Right. Um, I've done that plenty of times. I can give you examples. Yeah, please. Uh, Right before I got in the Marine Corps, I wanted to go switch to another job. I wanted to go to Marine Special Operations Command. Um, It's a month of very intense training and I did it. But the thing is, is you can do that whole training and at the end of the day, they can say, no, we're not going to take you and they don't tell you why. And so I was attracted to that naturally. I went and did it and I wasn't chosen to do it. So, I mean, that's just one example. So, I mean, I think it really boils down to the statement of if they're doing it, why can't, why can't I? And then another thing too is maybe someone says, well, yeah, but you were in the Marine Corps, like that gives you all these different skills to go and do these things, but there's plenty of students in DSP and PSP and going to go work for these big companies that didn't do the Marine Corps. And so if, if they're doing it, why can't you? Why can't I? I think it just boils
0: down to that. I completely agree. I think a lot of times we are our own worst enemy. Yeah. We, let pe- we let ourselves tell us no instead of having somebody else tell us no. Yeah. Um, and I think a, a great quote is like Michael Jordan says, you're going to miss every shot you're going to take. So let somebody else be the one that tells you no. Let somebody else be the one that rejects you. Don't reject yourself. So I mean, I think that there is one thing that you should take away from this um, episode of the of the podcast is go for it. That like, don't let anybody else. I mean, don't let yourself tell you no. Let somebody else tell you no. And but. I think that's why I'm so excited to have Jesse on the podcast. And so when you were talking about it and it naturally came out just because that's the way you are, your mindset is on point. I wanted to make sure we elaborate it.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you this too, like another story. I think this kind of wraps it up, uh, for me is when I was going into the reconnaissance training, at that point it's considered a volunteer only school, meaning you can you can quit at any time. No one's forcing you to stay there. You just say I quit and you're and they'll let you go, right? I was going into this reconnaissance training with dudes that were way faster, way stronger, dudes that I had looked up to, dudes that I was just trying to be half as good as, right? I had already gone through infantry training with them. And so really my mindset going into recon school was, I'm probably going to get dropped. I'm probably not going to meet the standard. They're probably going to let me go. I probably don't belong here. I, I legitimately thought that but I made a promise to myself was that they're going to have to tell me to leave. I'm not going to quit. And so I think that just has carried over. Yeah. But uh, I I think that kind of wraps up everything you were mentioning.
0: No, I love it. So we can go back and let's talk about, you joined the professional selling program. You're one Mm -hmm. of 30 students to get in. Um, And so you learned that sales is completely more than what, Everybody's perception is of a used car salesman, right? So right, now yeah. sales is solution selling, you're a consulta, more of a consultative approach of selling. Right. And even within sales, there's a lot of different industries. There's, you know, finance sales, mm-hmm. there's tech sales. Um and we can go on and on and on, right? Every industry has sales. So tell us more about how you started narrowing down towards your dream job and let's let's continue.
1: Yeah. So I'm that I am that typical millennial where I want to have an impact. Yes, I'm motivated by, you know, money and and location and things like that. But for me, probably the biggest thing is is an impact. And I've always looked for that. Uh, And so I start asking myself, what industry, in my opinion, am I interested in and where I believe I can have an impact? I've always been interested in technology, new technology. I'm always looking at, like, the newest computer that's coming out. Um, And then from there, you know the more you learn about business just from being in the college of business at UCF, the more I started to realize that technology is growing at an unbelievable pace and it's impacting the world at an unbelievable rate. And it's just going to continue to do so. And so for me, it just made sense. I wanted to go into technology. And then from there, um, from there, it's just doing research. Uh, I got to do an internship with SAS Institute Um, which I'm more happy to talk about how I got that internship because that was a little bit of a challenge. And then it it just solidified everything. From there, I really got to see the inner workings of enterprise software sales and kind of see what the account executives do there and how they're able to go out and basically change the way an entire business runs. And that was like, that's what I want to do. And then from there, I started looking at other companies, and that's what drew me to to SAP. Yeah. and I'm more than happy to talk about this. Yeah, if So
0: you want. I, I want to talk about kind of like your journey of the job search. So you identify that technology industry was where you wanted to focus on, right? Yep. Like, so now, you now we know the industry. Now we know that it's not only sales, but now we narrow down into sales in the tech industry. Yeah. So did you have an idea of like your top five companies or top 10 companies that you wanted to work for? And how did you decide where to apply for internships? or And then let's walk through that. I kind of want to, in this podcast, share your journey of, I am lost in high school, don't know what I want to do, go to the Marine Corps, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Then
0: I go in, I go to community college first. I know I wanted to do business. I picked finance because I can do, with a finance major, I can do any, essentially any of the business functions. You narrow it down to sales because you learn that sales is... Mo- more than just a used car salesman, there's more consultative solution selling, kind of selling. And then within sales, you narrow down to the tech industry. Right. So how do we continue to narrow it down to eventually end up at your dream job?
1: Yeah, so at this point, I have a good idea, like you said, it's the tech industry. And I also understand what motivates me as a person. So what motivates me is having an impact, a place where I feel like I'm contributing something that's bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. And so I start to look for those companies that I feel will allow me to do that. So what companies do I feel are in a position that they're able to make impact on other businesses and therefore the world, right? And so, I mean, there's always like these big name companies that come to mind, Microsoft, Google, um, and these other companies, right? And I mean, those are the ones that I wanted to go after. Like I was always like, I'm I'm just going to go big, right? And I'm not saying that you have to go big to make that impact, but that's just, that was just after doing my yeah. internship, uh, that was that's where I solidified that's what I wanted to do. So really, knowing myself, knowing what I wanted to get, what I what I knew was going to make me happy, was was what narrowed it down to some of the companies, and then also doing an internship. I think everybody that you have come on here, if you ask what's one of the most important things you can do uh it, it is an internship so, so doing an internship so
0: t- t- talk to me about your internship where was it what was your experience what did you do what did you learn
1: yeah so i was an intern um with SAS institute i was considered a business operations sales intern i reported directly to the vp of u.s commercial sales so there's eight basically divisions that their sales operations run under and she was over all eight And so I had two projects. One was uh, basically creating what's called a SharePoint between the upper level management and the mid-level management so that they can communicate and collaborate. So I did that. And the one that I was probably most excited about was that I had a mentor that was an account executive doing exactly what I wanted to do. And he basically gave me an account that I could prospect into. So I did research into the account. I called some people in the account and I emailed people. And then I would just every couple of weeks, I would just fill them in on the progress so an unbelievable experience that I got to do all that. Uh, the internship was in North Carolina, uh, which I absolutely love North Carolina. So that was cool to go and experience that place. Uh, but yeah, I say that the biggest benefit, again, was I really got to see from it solidified everything that I thought sales was going to be. And it also showed me things that I didn't think sales was going to be. And so, it, but it, at the end of the day, it solidified, this is what I want to do. And then again, it, it, it narrowed down that search even more.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, perfect. So then you did your internship last summer. So tell me what has been the process until from the internship to the point that you've accepted your dream job and then what's your dream job. And let's talk about that a little bit as well.
1: Yeah. So I, I you know, I had found out through my internship that there's a lot of these big companies and you know, the company I was interning with, you know, has these sales academies. And so typically the route in sales is you go be a business development rep, which is you're kind of cold calling. And even for some companies, you cold call as soon as you get a customer that's interested, you hand them off to someone that can close the deal. You have business development rep. And then from there, it's inside sales, which is on the phone, which, uh, you know, maybe some of the smaller accounts. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you have account executives, which deal with some of the bigger accounts and the company's biggest accounts. And if you go, there's these companies that are big, Microsoft, SaaS, SAP, that have these sales academies. That if you go and do them, you get accepted. You basically go straight into account executive. Wow. And so that's where I was like, oh, I want to do a sales academy. <laughs> that's
0: really hard to get into. It Let, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like
1: I want to go do a sales academy. And so from there, it was like, okay, which companies have sales academies? And a lot of companies are doing sales academies now. I think it's becoming a trend, just from what I've seen. Yep. Um, because they want these 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 coachable high potential college students coming out of college that they can mold and that they can they don't want you coming from another business bringing in bad habits right so they've kind of realized that there's a really good return on investment and investing in someone like that and so uh that narrowed down my search even more and then from there um i discovered sap i've yet to this day found a sales academy that's as long as sap's yeah just that in itself, I was like, "Man, this company is going to invest nine months in me." Yeah, wow. I have to go. I have to at least give this a
0: shot. Right. Yeah. So that's that's insane. Um, it's very interesting if you if if you notice that the journey is that as you continue to do research, you explore, you find, and you start narrowing and narrowing and narrowing down your search until you find a handful of companies or even three that you were like, all right, these are the target companies. Mm-hmm. And I know that, um, for you, it was coming down to two major companies. Yeah. Um, and you were interviewing with both and, uh, but you, you, I remember even when you were about to go to your interview with Google, you said, Daniel, I think, you know, whether I get the offer at Google or not, I think I, I've made up my mind. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I want to, I want to talk about how sure you were that you had found your dream company. And then tell me about, tell the audience a little bit how hard is it to get into the sales academy that you got into yeah because it's extremely hard but you you tell them the statistics and everything yeah
1: so there's there's three things that solidified my my i want to go with sap right that decision one was the training that they were willing to invest in me Second was the people that I had experienced. As soon as I had found out that I was going to the final round interview, I had contacted like seven people. And every single one of them responded. And every single one of them went above and beyond and to, to help me. And I was like, those are the people I want to be surrounded by. And that experience that they gave me. And then third was you go all on glass door. You talk to the people like, hey, why, why are you working at SAP? And they all say it is a purpose-driven uh, organization yeah and so for me that's what i wanted i wanted to make impact i wanted to feel like i had a purpose and so to say to hear everybody across the board say i love working here because i feel like i have a purpose like that's perfect for me yeah. that's what i want it sold me. Yeah. yeah that sold me um as far as the final round and, and how difficult that is so what happens with the final round is they take all the finalists that they've chosen to come to the final round and i thought there was going to be like a hundred of us but there was like 35 people The first thing you do is you go to an auditorium and they tell you, they told us, you know, we had 3,500 applications and there's 35 of you here. Just be proud of that. And then before you go to the auditorium, I was like doing some networking with the other finalists, just trying to chat and network a little bit. And out of everybody I talked to that day, I was the only student that was there. Everybody else was early on in their careers, Um, like a year of work experience, a year and a half work experience. And so that was a little humbling if you will uh for me to experience that and then from there what they do is they break you down into groups and for eight hours you're doing these exercises as a group and they just want to see how you work um with everybody and then during the course of that eight hours they'll pull you out individually they go do role plays to go do one-on-one interviews and then the last thing you do is you do a uh you do like a presentation as a group and so very very long stressful day but i enjoyed it and i'm glad that i did it
0: and so, I think one of the statistics that you had share with me was that. Um, I'm trying to read the statistic, but I don't know if you remember. But it was like yeah. it is harder to get into the sales academy than it is to get into Harvard.
1: Yeah. So according to the Huffington Post, yeah. they say that it's harder to get into. Uh yeah S A P then I think Harvard Yale and I think it said Princeton. Wow that, yeah. that's
0: incredible so you must be extremely proud. Oh, man, I'm
1: excited yeah. You
0: graduate in December right yep. so in a, in a couple weeks from now maybe when this episode uh, airs. And now you have your dream job man so how are you feeling?
1: I feel good man I I'm I'm I can't explain that feeling of and if you talk about motivation for like why should I go and be like doing yeah. all this and trying to narrow down the search. Man, it's, there's no better feeling than, you know, both of my, I'm a first generation college student and both of my parents, um, combined, we don't make, we don't make a lot of money. Right. And there's, there's nothing better than calling your parents and saying like, Hey, I got this job. This is what I'm going to be doing. You know, like all the effort you put into me and all the effort that I've put in over the course of these past four years in college, it's all, it's all worth it in the end. Yeah. So that that was that was just a really cool moment for me. Just calling my friends, I called you right yeah. away. I called my fam- I called my family. That was a really really cool moment. I enjoyed it.
0: I think it's been so great just to see uh, your journey for the last two years that I've been in, able to see it. Um, I, I mean, for me, I had no doubt that you would be able to get your dream job just because you came in with uh, such poise and just already with leadership background and I think most companies one of the things they look for the most is leadership right. and you were you are the definition of leadership Jesse so I think that um, sometimes you don't realize how big of an advantage you had mm-hmm. um, but I think it was um, it was pretty obvious from looking from somebody from the outside looking in that see students through their journey that you're gonna be a shining star that you are gonna to get any job you wanted and um, you deserve it you worked really hard for it. And you did everything right, man. And I am so proud of you. I'm so happy for you when you gave me uh, that phone call. I remember I was driving somewhere and I hung up our call and I called my wife and I said, this is awesome. Like, this is, we want to, I want to, I want to get more of this phone calls. And um, so Jesse, man, we've been speaking now for 30 minutes. You've, you've shared your story. You've given some great advice But if the students listening to this could only remember one thing, can only take away one thing, what would you hope that would be?
1: Yeah. So I want to talk about the whole perspective piece of it um, and kind of hit on that. So two years ago, two years ago, I worked at Pita Pit and I was a pita roller and I was making minimum wage at this part time job. Very, in my opinion, nothing against that company. But for me, I was not fulfilled. And in a matter of two years, I went from that to a company that's harder to get into than Harvard. That's very, uh, very prestigious in nature, doing a very prestigious program. So, where else are you going to get to improve your life circumstance and your quality of living in a two period? You know, in a two year time period. You know, once you get into the workplace how long would it take you to get like four promotions? I feel like I've done, gone through like four or five yeah. promotions, right? That may be like an entire career. College, you can make that happen in two years, and I'm evidence of that. And so I always tell this to everybody that asks me like advice, you know, going through college. Just think about it like this. You know, the, however long you have left, the next two, three, one year left in college, the next two years of your life are going to determine how the next 50 go. And so that's how I've always thought about it, is I have two years left of college. Those two years are going to determine how the next 50 years of my life ends up and the quality of life that I live. So I I think if you just think about it like that, and then you also think about, you know, because college can get difficult. But you think two years on on my life's timeline is nothing, nothing, but it has a
0: huge impact. Yeah,
1: uh, that's that would be that'd be my takeaway. Wow, I,
0: when you were saying that, I was like, I'm so glad that was recorded. Like, that is a perfect way to look at college. Like, you can have two students graduate from the same university, from the same major with the same GPA, but have completely different outcomes. Yeah. Right. Completely different outcomes. One student could be making double or triple, and it doesn't even need to be about the money. It could be about the career path. Like your first job out of college sets the foundation for the rest of your professional life. Yeah. Right. And at the end of the day, your worth is measured by the market. Right. How much you you should get paid is based on the market. And once you graduate college, one of the first things they always try to find out is how much are you currently making? And they'll give you 10 to 20 percent more than that when you're switching from company to company. But once you're going from college to your first job, it could be a world of a difference yeah, and a world of an opportunity.
1: Yeah. If you thought of college as a job, you could go, there's students out there that can go from making, I went from minimum wage part time yep. and I switched companies and now I'm making 90, I know, yep. I know students making $90,000, yep. right? Like where else are you going to get that jump
0: again? Nowhere yep. else. <laughs> I, I know we. I, you couldn't have said it any better, Jesse. Jesse, thank you, thank you so much for again being part of this podcast, for allowing me to be part of your journey. I look forward to staying connected, seeing you grow, seeing you destroy the Sales Academy and set some records in your new company and your new home. And to everybody else, see you guys on the next podcast. If you've listened thus far to this episode of the podcast, you absolutely rock. But now I need your help. Please make sure you subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you so much and talk to you soon.